Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question. Should I buy it, though? Welcome, my child. You've fallen, haven't you? The sound of this podcast fills you with determination because it is Should I Buy It, Though? And I'm Giancarlo Herrera. Hello, everyone. Oh, Nikki B flexes in. TJ Barry on the ones and twos. I'm Napster Bluke. I, I'm, I'm Nick Palazzo. <laughs> Don't be boring. <laughs> Out of everyone here, what? Nick, are you serious? Right I, now? I subverted all your expectations, right? You're the worst. The worst. And this week, all of us except Nicholas Palazzo are reviewing Undertale. No, no, let me in, please. I need to. Let me in. You have to let come up in. with a fun intro or else you're not allowed. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> My brain is about to explode for the next hour, so I need to save energy. All right, everyone. Uh, well, welcome to the show. This week, we uh, we have played uh, the much-beloved indie game Undertale uh, many of us for the first time, I think, or at least a few of us for the first time. I guess for context, um, this was my first time playing the game. And guess what? I think I'm the only person here who can say that as of today, I have beat the game three times on every main pathway. Yeah. That is respectable. I respect that. This is not my first time experiencing the game, but I've only ever watched the game, but I've seen all the runs and I rewatched it for the review today. Yeah, I mean, I watched that. Um, and as someone who deals with video games and children, I know <laughs> quite a bit about Undertale. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was my first time playing the game, and I played it twice. Yeah, that's what I did. I played this game, I want to say like a year after it came out. Oh, I did two out of three of the major runs. Because I was too much of a weenie to do the third one. <laughs> but since then, I... And I then have, you watched me do it, and the game did. called you out for it. It did, and we'll talk <laughs> about that. But um, I've seen multiple, multiple playthroughs since then, because this is actually my fifth favorite video game of all time. I oh, love it to death. Yep. Is it fair to say you're the doctor of this review I, on Undertale? I would say I have a bachelor's degree in it because there's so much to it that i think it would take forever to get my doctorate very well i think i think i'm the doctor because i'm the only one that finished all of it but how many how much secrets do you know i know a few with with the help of uh of our undergraduate researchers on stream um we we discovered quite a few undergraduate shout outs honestly shouts out yeah honestly um if you guys haven't seen the streams of course we, we stream pretty much every game that we do on here uh, and I was streaming all of uh, the gameplay for Undertale, and we were joined by a number of wonderful people in chat who uh, who pointed out lots of wonderful secrets and, and led us in many interesting directions. So shout out to all of uh, our wonderful viewers who were hanging out with us for pretty much like a week straight uh, <laughs> playing yeah. this game. Thank so, you, yeah. guys. I'm going to I'm going to pass it off to my uh undergraduate colleague Nicholas Palazzo <laughs> and allow you to open this uh this review for us. Where where do you want to start? Well, before we jump into the game, the first thing I wanted to mention is a big amount of praise I want to throw in the direction of the creator of this game, mm. Creator Singular, 
because um, most of this game was done entirely by one person, uh, with the exception of a few of the character designs. His name's Toby Fox. He directed this game. He programmed it, developed it. He did all the musical composition for it, the uh, art design. The only thing he didn't do entirely was a couple of the character designs, which uh, a little fun fact for you guys, if you don't know, there is a character in the game who is based off the real life person that designed some of these characters. And that character is Temi. Temi is a real life person. And uh, she did a lot of the design for some of the characters, including Temi herself. So, uh, yeah, this is a and you can see in the game, it is a huge passion project with a lot of care and meticulous detail put into every inch of the game. There's a reason for everything. And that is pretty much all done by this one guy, Toby Fox. And um, he didn't do it in RPG Maker. It was a different program, but it was one of those game maker game maker. He didn't game maker. Just one of those basic he didn't have a lot of tools to work with. It's not a triple-A game. It's an indie game. And what he was able to produce through just his brain and Game Maker is, yeah, I think it's fabulous. He, he I, I think he's one of the most creative and intelligent people in all of gaming. I have a question for the graduate. Okay. Uh, is this game inspired by Earthbound? It, it yeah. is, yeah. It, it is heavily, heavily yeah. inspired by Earthbound. Yeah, it um, feels very much like that game. Yeah, he he loved that game, so a lot of this is inspired by that. And he actually worked on, I want to say, like, mods for it in, like, the mid-2000s for Earthbound. So he was very familiar with the coding of it as well, which um, probably helped him out in the uh, programming realm when it came to making Undertale. And just in case, if you don't know what Earthbound is, that's where Lucas and Ness from Smash Brothers, yeah. that's the game they come from. A lot of traditional old school RPGs, Nintendo games um, inspired the making of Undertale, but Earthbound was the main. The main, and you one. can tell absolutely. It, yeah, it's. I mean, it's in the DNA of the game. Uh, so, for those of you who may not be familiar with this game, uh, <laughs> the easiest way I guess I can explain this is: you play as a child, a human child, who falls into this place called the underground that is full of monsters, um, and essentially you're trying to get home how you decide to do that and everything after that is really up to you uh there are very very different paths and there's a lot to uncover in this game um but yeah that's that's the premise of it and uh, as palazzo was saying it, it draws a lot from those kind of old school rpgs you it feels like a classic nintendo game kind of it, everything really from uh, design to combat to even just the square aspect ratio it runs in. It's a very unique game in the modern gaming space, I think. Uh, I don't know that I've experienced anything that is quite like this. Um, especially the deeper you kind of get into it. There's so much more to this game than uh, I anticipated. Absolutely. Um, I got. I, I don't know why I didn't make this connection when I first played it, but did you guys get the vibe that it's kind of like a... It's almost like a darker Pixar movie, and the the art style, the humor, um, just different things like that. How characters interact with each other, character personalities. It's it's very Pixar. I feel like I don't know if you guys hmm. agree with that. As a Pixar aficionado, uh, I don't know that I made that connection, but I, I think I can see where you draw those lines. Yeah, I mean, no, it's it's totally different in storytelling yeah. and all those aspects, but I just thought, oh, you know, 
it's kind of cute like that. I don't know. <laughs> it is definitely cute, but I do think that it it gets a little bit darker than Pixar. Was. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it gets very dark. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think it's super dark, but I it, would it say eerie. Super dark. Depending on yeah. the order that you played things in, it can be downright <laughs> depressing, especially if you did it the way I did. Which always hits you harder when a cute thing becomes so dark and depressing and eerie. Leading into what you may start talking about, every aspect of this game is intertwined with each other. It's difficult mm-hmm. to talk about story without talking about gameplay, without talking yeah. about characters and how they're written, without talking about how the game responds to you as a player. So yes. whichever direction we begin with right now, we're going to end up talking about those things as they come. So um, <laughs> it's going to be fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Which kind of leads to, I think, my first opening point, uh, as far as a review is concerned, someone who's considering buying this game. If you're going to buy this game, you cannot play it once. You cannot, listen to me, li- hold up, I don't think you understood that. It's not, <laughs> it's not you shouldn't only play it once. If you're going to buy this game, you cannot play it only one time. You are not playing the game if you only play it one time. Completely agree. Yes. And I say this as someone who, like, I finished my first run of the game, and I was like, cool, I guess that was it. I had no intention of ever opening that game again. And then the very end of the initial run happened, and I was like, well, I have to. And also, uh, I I know people on stream wanted to see it, which is what encouraged me to do all three playthroughs and stuff like that. Um, but the first run of the game may as well just be a tutorial. You hardly get any story you hardly get any of the the really cool sections in like in their full glory the way that they are when you revisit it trying to accomplish certain tasks yeah i i don't know how how does everyone feel about that aspect for this game it's not terribly long my first playthrough i want to say was about seven you can really do a playthrough in about five hours depending on how good you are at certain things but but how do we feel about this kind of the whole way that this game kind of um dares you to play it again almost I, I don't I don't want to take up too much time. I want the other people to jump in too, but super quick. This game sort of has like a Bloodborne effect where most players will not get everything they need to get on the first playthrough. And even me personally, I did not love this game the first time I played it. It wasn't mm-hmm. until I played it a second time where I fell in love with it. I liked it. I'm like, oh, that was fun. That was neat. That was different. But I, I didn't. I didn't get everything I needed to get until I played it a second time. It's like Bloodborne in that you're not going to get every piece of the story, every piece of the lore. You're not going to understand these characters until you go back with the information of a first playthrough. And then you go back and uh, that's the, the second playthrough is where you really learn what the game is about. Because the game reacts with you on your first and second playthrough. And um, if you start to pick up those connections to how you've played the game then i i think that's where the magic happens for the player like oh this is super cool i know what's going on i know what this is i'm starting to grasp what this is about so Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and i don't want to give away my my feelings too quickly in this episode but i think it's safe for me to say that at the end of my first playthrough i was pretty confident that this was going to be a do not buy for me like wow. over probably over 90% confident that considering everything I experienced um and I'm not saying I hated the game that's not what I'm saying but as far as buy or do not buy I was pretty certain it was a do not buy 
That's and fair. then subsequent playthroughs have really complicated that. Uh, we'll get into why and how I feel about it now on the on the other end of three playthroughs. But yeah, th- that's why I say like you really can't leave it on that first playthrough because you don't you really don't experience what the game actually is at its core. Yeah, I agree. There's you're just not getting enough. There's you're missing too much if you played only once. Yeah, I agree with that too. And I think it's really funny because um, I really really was planning on just playing it once um until i was playing with john on the phone with me and he like i was ready to just like keep quitting towards what i thought was the end of the game mm-hmm. and i was like okay like i'm gonna do this and i'm just gonna quit he's like no no, no you're yes but like no and i'm like what are you talking about like what could possibly be coming after this like this is the final fight this is done <laughs> oh how naive <laughs> how stupid am i um so yeah no and it's i mean technically you don't have to do anything you don't have to play another game but it's kind of like you're not really playing the game then if you're not going to do it that next time you, you know what you're I mean? not even getting your high school diploma if you only play yeah it like once. you're <laughs> <laughs> let alone be undergrad it's just like or... at that point it's if you only played it that first time it's kind of like like why well it's not really worth it, I want to say. I think you yeah. I think you said it best with it really is just like an introduction to the game. Yeah. Which honestly is something that would normally like turn me off in con- like I in concept it's cool, but to hear someone tell you that you have to play a game once to finish the tutorial and then you have to go back and do it again, like that does not sound particularly enticing unless you're already hooked on the gameplay, you know? Yeah, I will say though like at the same time, just because like you you did it all once, so you know you can do it again. And honestly, like it was way easier. I found it was e- yeah. Once yeah. you you have the hang of it, like it, it goes by super quick. And that's the pro and con about the con this concept of multiple playthroughs in this game. The pro is that uh, everything about the first playthrough is super intentional. The game mm-hmm. wants. Uh, it doesn't want to tell you to play it again it doesn't want to tell you to not play it again it wants to give you a feeling of conflict of uh, i feel kind of empty by the end of this and i don't have a lot with me by the end of the first playthrough i'm gonna go do it again i i have this feeling i I have determination to go and experience the second playthrough in a completely different way to try to achieve what the game is kind of leading you to achieve or it's super intentional and some players will just say okay that was cute that was fun i have no interest in picking this up again it's a choice it's a weird choice because why wouldn't you want certain players to not play it again but it, it it's that that moral conflict the whole game is leading you up to but the con of it is the game has been out so long so a lot of people are privy to the concept of oh there's different ways to play this game so they have that in their head all the way through and i wish a lot of people would just play this completely blind so they could experience those emotions without being tainted t- with um i have to play the game this way or i have to play this game you know and, and that's perfectly valid unfortunately it's also just kind of the reality of uh the world we live in yeah hey everyone it's me again with a couple of quick announcements that i think you're gonna want to hear first off we want to give a thank you to our patrons and baird and jerry benetados for helping to support the show If you're listening and wondering how you can support the show, please go to whimsicproductions.com or go to patreon.com slash shouldibuy. Next, 
we are very excited to say that we are going to be doing a giveaway of the upcoming Avengers game. Anyone is eligible to enter this giveaway and we will be purchasing a code for the game for the platform of your choice and sending that to you. The rules are very simple. I am about to pose a question to you. In the show notes for this episode, there are links to both a Reddit thread and a tweet. You may choose whichever post you like and go and respond to that post with the answer to said question. And that's all you have to do. We will be choosing a winner at random and we will give you the game code for the new Avengers game the day before the game releases so that you can start playing it at midnight if you want right alongside us on our stream. Now that you know how to enter, the question you must answer is, what percentage of a plan do you have? That said, if you're looking for other ways to support the show, please consider listening to our other podcast, Dungeons and Drimbus the D&D actual play show that we think a lot of you would love. We're in the middle of a really interesting arc with special guest Tozamon. And if you do enjoy our content on either podcast, please, please, please consider going to write a short review on the podcast app of your choice as it really helps to get the show recommended to more people. Good luck in the giveaway. The question is, what percentage of a plan do you have? Go post the answer on either the tweet or the Reddit thread, and may the odds be ever in your favor. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Now that we've explained that, yeah, you're probably going to want to go through this game a number of times, let's talk about what you actually do over the course of the game. Uh, The meat and potatoes of this game is uh, combat, which takes a variety of different uh, forms. Combat and a lot of flavor text. Flavor text uh, uh, is kind of what makes the game, because it's a lot of reading. You're getting to know these characters, and there's amusing different things that uh, the game tells you, either in response to actions or just things that you can encounter and, and little secrets you can uncover. Um, so essentially, the game gives you the option to uh, fight or to act. And so fight is basically uh, not really a quick time event, but um, what would you call that? No, yeah, I, I would say it quick is. time event. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's kind of like a quick time event. You're stopping a needle at the right time to land hit. You know, if you land it in the center, you do more damage. And honestly, the that combat, the the straight up the the fighting, is very straightforward. Uh, you might get some weapons or like little accessories or whatever that affect how you do that, but generally you're kind of always doing the same thing. Uh, conversely, you have the act, which uh, basically allows you to um, converse with people, because a big uh, a big point of the game is that you can either you know kill things or you can uh, show them mercy, and so. Through that act, you kind of, you hopefully find something that unlocks uh, you being able to show that mercy to whatever you are fighting in that moment. And then the other half of combat, because this is turn-based, is um, you're essentially dodging things. It's They're, the bullet they, hell. Yeah, it, 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 exactly. It's it's a little bullet hell kind of puzzle. You play as the little heart that you can move around the box. Uh, certain enemies can apply some effects to you, but mostly you're just dodging projectiles uh, that are different for each enemy and usually unique to their shtick. Each enemy has a shtick, and enemies pop up uh, multiple times in the way that kind of like Pokemon do, where you don't see them in the overworld, but they'll just bump into, like, you know, you'll get the alert and suddenly you enter a battle. Um, yeah, the combat is very Pokemon-esque in that way. I'm curious how you all felt about the combat. To me, it it kind of scares me away from playing the game. Yes. Because it, at first it's not so bad, but it gets so much worse. Just looking at it gives me anxiety. 
and doesn't engage me as at least not as much as the uh, mercy path the finding different the, the different acts with the different flavor texts that yeah. i found way more interesting than actually fighting yeah i agree with you and i think that, yeah the mercy is more interesting overall uh, because you get to read different things and there are funny reactions from the enemies and stuff like that and because the combat is the same thing over and over like it's it honestly gets a little boring, but even then, like the Mercy, when you're fighting the same enemies time and time again, yeah. overall, and I think this is a big reason of why I didn't necessarily love my first playthrough of the game, like the gameplay of the game is honestly kind of boring. That's what I got. That's what I gathered from watching, yeah. With the exception of certain bosses who do like interesting mechanics and you're like, oh my God, what is this? And so suddenly yeah. you're like, you're tense and you're on the edge of your seat just trying to survive. Yeah, um, yeah. But with the exception of that, honestly, it's kind of a boring game as far as the the mechanics. As, as gameplay wise, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah game exactly. mechanics wise. Actually, I would totally agree. I think the weakest part of this game is actually the video game part of it. The uh, yeah. <laughs> the utilizing either the fight mechanic or the bullet hell. However, I do think the amount of story and intentional narrative that is injected into the gameplay makes it that much more interesting and the mechanics that are utilized within the bullet hell make it more enjoyable to experience and i just want to touch on really quickly about i I hate Druckmann has made this a bad term but the subversion of expectations right because you do have the fight mechanic or the act slash mercy mechanic if you choose and for traditional rpgs you as a gamer you're trained to think oh there's a monster in front of me, fight, kill, do that sort of thing. But this game is actively trying to force you to unlearn that concept of, no, maybe that's not what you have to do. Or if you do that, then why did you do that? And how is the world going to respond to that? And I think that concept of subverting the gamer's expectations literally is is fascinating. And we'll talk about breaking the fourth wall later, but in a way, the game... Uh, actively breaks the fourth wall in how you approach it. And I think um, I think that's the interesting part of the gameplay, although the bullet hell and the quick time event for fighting isn't... It's not that fun to do, for the most part. Yeah, I, I will yeah. say it's the most unique bullet hell uh, I've ever seen, like, uh, mechanics-wise. And I still appreciate how much work he put into trying to make it unique and engaging. Right. Uh, to, to me, bullet hell itself just isn't that interesting. No, yeah. I, I don't think it is either. But I think it's uh, deliberate in making you feel almost helpless because some of those bullet hell sections could be brutal, like really relentlessly brutal. But that's the feeling you as the player are supposed to get because you're not fighting back. You are choosing to not do anything other than run away and avoid as long as you can the the problem in front of you, you know, and I think that's a cool concept if you know the story of the game. Well, one, as far as, like, the brutality of certain sections, absolutely. I think that this game may have... This may be some of the toughest challenges of the games I've played that I've ever overcome within a video game. Sure. Uh, for For certain specific sections. Um, and doubly so, I think that regardless of necessarily how fun or interesting the actual gameplay mechanics are, I think once you get past that first playthrough and certain things about the way the game operates are revealed to you, all of a sudden there's a lot more uh, intentional narrative weight behind every action you take, whether that is uh, violence or nonviolence or what have you. 
Um, and that keeps it interesting. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, you got to get through the first ga- gameplay of it just kind of being meh to then be like, oh, wow, this is actually kind of cool. And those few um, plots that you were touching on, the fourth wall breaking mechanics, mm-hmm. I very much appreciate. I find that really cool, really fascinating. And I kind of wish I would see more games. I know of very few other games that do that kind of stuff. The the other big one that I think you guys should check out is Doki Doki Literature Club. That's yep. the only <laughs> other game I've seen that okay, there's does There's not it. a lot of gameplay in that. No, but... In terms of how they approach the fourth wall breaks, they're they're similar. So what Nick was saying, this this game has a lot of fourth wall breaking moments, especially in the humor, and that's that's honestly my favorite kind of humor in movies, TV. If it breaks the fourth wall, I'm like, all right, that got me. I think that's funny, and that's part of the character's charm. We'll talk about the characters later, but uh, this game, um, there, there's a slogan that comes with Undertale through the years. It says Undertale remembers. And mm-hmm. that concept is so true because um, you can't just you can't save scum in this game because if you make a choice, you're like, oh, I didn't like how that played out. Let me go back. There's character dialogue that reacts to you save scumming. Sometimes it's deliberate and very forceful, shoving down your throat like, haha, I know you did this. You stupid asshole, you safe scum. But there's also very, there's subtle moments of dialogue changing between playthroughs or safe yes. states that, that is very, sometimes you might not pick up on it, but if you do, it's, it almost sells, it sends a chill down your spine of, oh, it's like the, the game's talking to me, not the character. It's talking to me as a player. Yeah. And it's yeah. cool. It's super cool. I was just, Toby's really smart. He he like when it comes to knowing what the player is thinking and knowing what the player is going to do next. He's so smart. He know he can predict the player usually yep. pretty well. And there's always some response to almost anything you do. Yeah, different branching yeah. scenarios of what a player could choose to do. He has an answer for it. It's crazy cool. And a lot of the big narrative callouts, like when that when you get to big moments in the game where like someone's monologuing at you or whatever, a lot of times like it, yeah, it feels like a personal attack uh, <laughs> on the on the player. Um, as far as like characters remembering and stuff, you can see that. And I think like the first twenty minutes of part one of our stream because uh, I accidentally quit the game without meaning to, and I had to start over from the beginning. And the characters were like, "Hey, why are you making me introduce myself again?" And I'm like, "What?" Uh, so that was interesting, but then particularly on subsequent playthroughs, especially in the order that I went through each of the endings, uh, it, it could get kind of eerie at points, and yeah. if not eerie, then just sad because I I obtained knowledge about some things that then made me reluctant to do other things in other playthroughs, but because I was trying to achieve these endings, I did it, and the game kind of, like, it knew, you know, it knew it was like, hmm, I bet... I bet you didn't even you say that you don't want to do and like stuff like that like just the the way that it calls you out is is so so smart and the order on which you do the playthroughs the game knows which order you're doing it in yes because John if you start with the last playthrough that you did yeah. first yeah you have to delete your save file you actually I think the the game file from the computer in order to completely yeah. reset the game however it still remembers that you played through that playthrough and the game reacts to remembering that you did that, but it's very, very yeah. subtle. Technically, there are five endings to the game. or you know, I guess there are more along the way, but like five, yeah. br- five branches, but some of them are minutia like that where it's like right. it's, the, it's the regular ending you would get with a playthrough, but 
there's a little detail change to account for the fact that it remembers things that you did before. Oh, yeah. uh, and it's it's why like I, I've read um after the fact, after I finished all three, I, I was looking up and like I remember some people saying like, oh, you know, my whatever, my friend went for the good ending after doing like the quote unquote bad ending and was so happy. And then when this thing happened at the end, almost burst into tears. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's no joke. So, OK, I guess let's talk about characters and emotional impact, I guess, um, because the characters, especially on first brush for me, a lot of them were kind of quirky and I liked them. There were a few that I was like, oh, man, I feel bad for you, like a little bit like that, but nothing too crazy. And then on subsequent playthroughs, as the game kind of reveals more of the narrative, because there are entire gameplay sections that are basically not accessible to you in most circumstances on an initial playthrough. Uh, and you learn so much more and it changes your perspective on everything and i found like i was i was shocked at how uh, emotionally resonant a lot of the story beats were in particular one thing that i won't spoil but for me was resonant uh throughout the subsequent you know the last two playthroughs i did seeing how i did it the second time and then the alternate version of it the third time that gave me wildly different uh, emotions and honestly made me reluctant to engage with certain aspects of the game because i just didn't want to see some things happen yeah Again, very <laughs> deliberate because you don't get that emotional side of it until you do a second playthrough. And the reason for that is because of the quality of the characters and their writing. Your, yes. men, your, your entire first playthrough really is a discovery of the characters and their personalities and essentially you falling in love with all of them. You're going to laugh at their dialogue, their the kooky characters, all of that. And that is so you get attached to them when and if you do the second playthrough. And that's where the emotion comes in because you love all these characters so much. You are determined. Again, determination is a mm. huge theme in this uh morality and love they're all huge themes in this game and friendship all the basic anime ones um <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> all the basic anime tropes but it, it doesn't in a clever yeah. way and not in course, a yeah. shove in your face way you know yeah, and a lot of the much. humor and the charm in your first playthrough transitions into emotion and connection in the second one and it's it's very well crafted it's really good yeah and i will say uh to touch on the writing um I think it's fantastic writing. Uh, there's no voice acting in this game, unfortunately. They they kind of try to approach that by using fonts and like intonating Sounds. the kind of um, the the beeps of the dialogue. I, I forgot what those are. There's an actual term for it, but I, I can't remember what they're called right now. It's the sample sound sample or something. Yeah, like an Animal Crossing. Exactly. I'm trying to remember. Polygon actually has a really great video on uh, how games use that, and uh, but I can't remember what the actual term is called but, but that's besides the point um yeah so there's no voice acting in this game but they still do a good job of giving the ca the characters uh life in a way where you can almost kind of hear them in your head um mm -hmm. through the mix of those sounds the the fonts the music uh the writing and everything uh but for the sake of the stream i was voicing the characters because i don't know i guess that's what you do and i just want to say that like as writing like i felt like i was reading a play like it was excellent it, yeah, I, I was invested. Like, I felt like I was in character as all these people. Like, it was, yeah, like it, it was really good writing, for especially for being, considering that this one dude did everything in this game. I was like, wow, like, I, I have a strong sense of character. Like, 
it has heavy emotional beats um the pacing is pretty good like all of it i was like I, yeah you could probably you could turn this into a series of some sort you know i i can i can see why people uh love to watch others play this game i agree the story is fantastic it is very deliberately written with love and care mm-hmm. um that just speaks more to the 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 brilliance of the construction of this game i think so next, the uh, the gameplay varies uh, greatly based on the path that you're on. We've touched on this a, a number of times, but especially depending on the goals, like the way that you engage with things are going to be very different. And the scenario itself will, you know, it'll be aware of what you're trying to do and it'll present new gameplay uh, scenarios, I suppose. And so I'm curious for everyone how you found difficulty in this game. I found that certain runs were more challenging than others but overall not terribly difficult and then you get to certain areas where it felt like it it really ramped up um never insurmountably insurmountably so um but still enough to be a significant challenge with the exception of in one run there's something a, a few things actually that are very very difficult uh but again i think that's by design it's it's making a narrative point so it didn't necessarily bother me uh but i'm curious what your experience was as players just how you how you encountered your struggle with the game and and difficulty and stuff like that honestly i wouldn't say the game was difficult mm-hmm. uh i think especially i mean like the beginning toriel's literally like holding your hand through it um yeah. Even in like combat, the characters, it's very clever because they tell you essentially how to beat them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you just have to make sure like you're actually reading into what they're saying. And some of the dialogue is even like color coded. So you kind of pick up what they're putting down. And sometimes they got me and I was just stumped. And I'm like, how am I supposed to get past this? Like, for example, with Undyne, I was like, how am I? And then, you know dying and then respawning and then reading it again and being like i'm an idiot like i am such an idiot and then i finally figured out how to do it and then you get past it and voila it's awesome great so overall like difficulty i would say only came about for me with like combat i guess against certain enemies which you know because there were plenty of times i was um gonna rage quit and (laughs) you wouldn't let me so thanks for that, but um, yeah. Overall, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's that difficult. I would say if anything, there were some parts that were like more tedious than anything sure. else, having to go back and travel back to where you were before. And but other than that, no, I would say it's fairly it's fairly easy to yeah. follow along. Honestly, I all those points I think are excellent, <laughs> and the the difficulty of the game is very. Sometimes it's story driven. You have to go through a slog of a boss fight to, mm-hmm. you know, just hang on barely. But um, the, some are based purely on the player and their decisions, how hard they make it for themselves, how much yep. they pay attention to the game. Um, that because each each combat encounter is essentially a puzzle, depending on how you go about it. It's yeah. not so much even as. There's still bullet hell in it, but it, it's a lot of figuring out what you have to do. And if you pick up on little things here and there, you can make a fight easier for yourself, easier than than um, than it would normally be. Amanda, I know you got stuck on a spider boss fight in particular. Oh my gosh! Uh, but it, you know, let me. <laughs> uh, that fight's it's, no joke. 
it's it's a very difficult fight if you don't know the different ways you could go about it. It's difficult in general. I had a tough time with it. In the fight, you could skip it entirely. And it's so cool. The game gives you that option, right? And that's one of the only boss fights in the game that is also musically driven. You could follow the rhythm of the song that's playing in the background to time your dodges correctly. And that's I think that's awesome. I love it when games do that. Yeah, I, I actually found myself wanting for more of that uh, in two particular boss fights in the what I will refer to as the more difficult run of the game. Um, <laughs> because it the music is such an in, integral component of this game where uh, I almost I wanted to dodge to the music, even though that wasn't necessarily the mechanic at all. Um, and I, I often found myself making mistakes because of that. I would find myself pressing keys like at a rhythm, and I was like, "Wait, no, I'm not. I don't need to move right now. What am I doing?" Totally. And the, commenting on the more difficult run again for the the combat encounters that you had trouble with, absolutely hardest fights in the game. But for yeah. the majority of that run, is actually quite oh, easy, quite cake. easy based on what you're doing. Cake. It's and, emotionally difficult. Um, yes. But not, oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Not, uh, not gameplay wise. Yeah, it was fantastic. Story driven again. Like, why is it easy? Because yeah. you're doing the easier yeah. option. You know what yeah. I mean? It's so cool. One of the uh, the other things that I guess we can kind of talk about are secrets and inconsistencies within the game. So, uh, for me, I'm not gonna harp too much on the inconsistencies because I was kind of upset o- about them. And in hindsight, like I can see how you were meant to pick up on it. I just feel like it wasn't clear enough. Um, but in particular, early on in the game, uh, depending on how you decide to play it, it's very easy to make one fatal mistake, and that will screw the rest of the run of your game. I fell into this trap. Amanda fell into this trap. I'm not going to say what it is, but all I'm going to say is that the game gives you choices. And the thing is, the game establishes rules, and that's an important thing for a video game. If you establish rules and you stick to them, players will buy into it no matter what, because they understand how the world works. As long as the, the the world is consistent, that's fine. When your world starts being inconsistent, that's when you piss off players, and that's when gameplay feels bad. Uh, and so the problem with this is that in this particular instance, which I I don't think is an uncommon mistake. I don't know. Apparently, people were calling me a monster, but uh, I I don't I would never have imagined otherwise because the game tells you how it's gonna show you when you have a certain option. And it doesn't do that in that particular encounter. And so in that case, like, it's, yeah, it's like you were saying, unlearning the video game mentality where I was just like, well, I have no choice and I'm going to die. So I'm going to do the thing I have to do, even if it's bad. Um, And it screwed me for the rest of the run and it guilted me over the one decision I made poorly. Um, And the, the only reason it bothers me is because, yeah, like, I think it's purposefully, it ignores the rule that it set up just to try and get you uh, to commit to the the first playthrough that won't reveal too much to you. Um, and while it's not awful, if you really want to nitpick it, I think it's a little cheap. And there's another boss fight that the way that you're supposed to engage with the fight is unlike any other fight in the game. Because normally you go through an encounter until you reach its end. This one requires you to engage and disengage a couple of times. Uh, and because that's not a common thing in the game, I I basically didn't figure it out until the chat told me, uh, which I wondered how much longer I would have gone on just uh, throwing myself blindly at it without figuring it out just because it's not the way that you normally uh, engage with encounters in the regular game. I don't know if I would say, like, I would 
like especially with that first encounter i wouldn't say cheap i don't know i think it's kind of a brilliant way to just get the player going and understand like hey this is not that last game you played it's not that one this is something new so we're gonna but we're gonna figure it out together you know what i mean and i think but did it not feel upsetting to you that you had an option and the game told you it was going to show you when you had the option and then didn't show it to you so then you made a mistake and it was the because i know you did the same thing i did where it was the only mistake you made and so it screwed your whole first playthrough because the game lied to you yes but also but also no i (laughs) i i i understand like why people would be upset about it because like yeah it does mess with the rest of the playthrough but at the same time i'm glad i had the first playthrough when i look back at it you know what i mean john the thing with you is i totally understand and your reason is valid for not um knowing to do some of those things because it it is not obvious but the one thing that bugged me just a little bit was when you were fighting this boss there was a point where the boss stopped fighting you and i thought that was a very clear tell of oh i need to stop what i'm doing now because the fight just changed and you noticed it too so that's where i thought you were gonna be like oh oh something's happening now let me stop but you didn't that's the part that i was confused about otherwise your reasoning is totally valid and i agree with i think it also just it just points out like what kind of like gamer you are like are you gonna choose to spare now are you gonna keep killing because like that's what like we are technically trained to do when we play these games right that speaks to you as a gamer you died you're not gonna you don't have the determination in that instance to want to try again and save this person or spare her that's what i was gonna say no yeah exactly and that's the cool part of the game like it 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 makes you think as a player like is the uh, is what i'm doing the right thing do i care enough to do the right thing do i just want to get through the game right are you determined enough to try to find another way and for how long are you determined to try to find another way even yeah. though it looks hopeless. Exactly. Yo, that's, that, that's deep. That's, that's fair, I suppose, yeah. Guys, there's so many layers to this game. <laughs> no, that's, it's like I a parfait. I just I love games that comment on player choice. And though this has a different commentary, but Bioshock comments on player choice. Metal Gear does, though, have like skippable bosses and different tricks you can do with bosses and stuff yeah. like that. But uh, yeah, I just love when a game comments on player choice and and speaks directly to you not just the character not just the avatar that you have inherited yeah one of the last things i guess i'm I'm gonna like with the last notes i have is regarding the secrets of the game there are tons and tons and tons of secrets to find in this game um Mm -hmm. to my liking some of them are like a little arcane like like some of the stuff is like it almost requires like digging around in game files and that sort of thing I see the pros and the cons. I don't have strong feelings either way, but like basically to discover some of them is the kind of thing where it's like, I have to read up on it online and like, and then go try this thing, which I can see the enjoyment, but I can also see where like some people might be like, I I want the secrets to be accessible by like my exploration, not necessarily having to dig around in like code or anything like that. Yeah. But I do appreciate just the sheer amount of detail that's in it. Regardless, I think there's there's a lot to discover and I don't think that it's something to like, be mad at the game for for having too much but do be aware that like yeah again there is so much more to this game than you might initially expect yeah in terms of like the easter eggs and the difficulty to get them that's i think toby fox's love for old game design 
and that a lot of traditional uh, RPGs and classic games also follow the formula of you have to do a triple backflip and then jump in a lake and click down, yeah. down, up, up, left, left in order to unlock the secret base that's 100 miles away. It's stupid stuff you would never figure out on your own, you know, but yeah. he... You know, he's in love with that kind of thing, so that's why he injects it in his game. But um, I just want to say my favorite Easter egg, I'm not going to spoil it totally, but there's a secret stat in the game called the fun stat. Mm-hmm. If you go into the code of the game, I want to say, and set your fun stat to a certain to certain numbers, uh, random characters appear somewhere in the game that you could talk to and find out little stories about each of each of those characters. And I think that is... As a very neat Easter egg, yeah. Again, I like I see both sides. Like I'm glad that's in there, and like I I might be tempted to you know go in and mess with it and and explore stuff like that because I am aware of, of quite a few. But at the same time, like I could see, especially like maybe a console gamer, like it might be upsetting that you might not have a way to ever even like even if you do know about him, you might not even be able to access it because uh, you can't you know you don't have like a hex editor to go in and and mess with uh, the game files and stuff like that. But again, I don't think you can ding the game for having too much. Uh, and especially because, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the game has, like, console-specific boss fights. Boss fights, So, yeah. like, you know, on the Switch, you might get a specific boss fight. On the PC, uh, I know I fought two different bosses that were unique to, apparently, the PC version and stuff like that. So I, I think that's cool. I think that's a nice way to, like... To do, I suppose, I'm not going to jump into Avengers. I'm not going to do it. But it's a nice <laughs> way to do, like, platform-specific characters where it's still fair for everyone because everyone gets something different. For sure. I have two points, if you don't mind, Go to bring it. up. One is super quick. It won't take a lot of time. And the other one, hopefully, it won't take a lot of time. But I do. I think it's important to talk about. The first mm-hmm. thing is the music. I think the yes. the tracks of this game are brilliant and a bop if you guys don't know me and varied too yeah oh yeah they're all so different and character related it's great but um uh, when i was in college every morning if i was feeling especially energetic all of my walks to class i would be listening to the undertale soundtrack so (laughs) if any of you had a class with me early in the morning i was probably just listening to undertale because it's so like it puts a pep in your step you know it's it's sometimes cheerful it's sometimes badass it it, it evokes a, a wide variety of emotions for me and i think the music tracks are brilliant in this game i don't dance i can listen to music and sit there like a rock but if you watch the stream every time i fought metaton x i was i was wiggling in my seat <laughs> that oh, is yeah. quite a feat <laughs> it is quite a feat uh so yeah good job toby good job toby indeed and the the second thing i want to talk about uh, when it comes to undertale a lot of people that don't play video games, I say this is the game you need to play if you're not a big fan of video games or you haven't played one because it's important for a big reason and it, it, there's a subtle reason for it. And I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but how it treats social topics in the game. Yeah. It's uh, it's very subtle, but the main protagonist is um, uh, their, their gender is uh, ambiguous and um, there is... A uh, relationship between two females in the game. There is a pansexual character. The, this game, it's all about inclusion. Yeah. And Toby Fox does that very subtly. And um, it's also story related because if you think about it, you're in a world where you're the only human and there's a bunch of monsters. And the game constantly makes you question, like, 
are these monsters good or bad? Uh, should I be killing these monsters because they're named monsters? And again, subverting expectation, these quote unquote monsters are the most inclusive, generous, not even commenting on a lot of those social topics in a way that is derogatory or anything. And yet we call them monsters. But the subtleties of this game tells you maybe the humans are the real monsters because they attack these these guys un, unprovoked but um constantly they're referring to your character as they them uh, because mm-hmm. the, it, the gender is ambiguous and uh they're it, of course they would say they them <laughs> and there's a there's a transgender character it, i think the inclusion is subtle and for a game that a lot of children play i think it's important to put that in the game because most importantly it normalizes it for exactly. a lot of people you know what i mean I, I think that's what's wonderful because you fall in love Uh, with the characters for what the characters are as people and it is uh these aspects of their identity is not they're not hidden uh but they're also not like the core feature of the character it's right it's casual representation in what from my point of view seems like a positive way i think not only are the characters super inclusive towards you, the human, but Toby Fox is super inclusive towards a wide variety of gamers, and a lot will have a character in this game that they could relate to, and I think that sure. is super, super cool, too. And John, like you mentioned, um, that's not their defining character trait. It is just something that this world is like, yeah, I want to date you because I'm interested in you and I like you, and that's all I care about, you know? Mm. And... um again undertale within the world of undertale and in our world is a sucks to say but it's it's a place that is so distant and feels like sometimes and um it's nice to explore a world where people treat each other like people you know yeah so that's why this game is very very important i think and i think a lot of people should experience it anything else you want to hear about the legend of sands and smash bros how he got in <laughs> it'll take two seconds two seconds just super fast because it's funny it. so the true story is toby fox just went to sakurai's house to discuss sans because undertale is super popular sakurai was interested put him in the game that's the end of the story but people have developed this meme slash legend about the encounter between the two that toby fox challenged sakurai to smash bros and said if i beat you i get to put sans in smash and toby fox kicked his butt and that's how sans got in the game but i i think it's really funny that that meme exists but i like that version better yeah (laughs) that's it that's all i have i'm done (laughs) well in the case of Undertale. How do we vote? Okay. So, here's the thing. <laughs> I borderline strongly disliked my first playthrough of the game. I didn't hate borderline it. Borderline strongly. <laughs> I didn't hate it, but I also like I was neutral leaning towards negative. I was like this is it was fine. It wasn't like super engaging. There wasn't a mu- uh, much and then by the time I got to the end of the second playthrough, a certain narrative beat got me. And it's like the main thing I was exploring at the end. And I was like, oh, God. And then I did the third playthrough and I hated everything I did. Uh, and today when I finished the game and I saw something that I did at the end, it broke me. Um, and it was awful. So I, I, I think obviously there's a wealth of experience to be had here. 
Um, that said, the core gameplay in and of itself is not necessarily very fun, but the flavor text around it is uh, really, really fabulous. And it's 10 bucks, so go buy it. Go buy the game. For 10 bucks, yeah, and, and the subsequent playthroughs, the experience was so rich that it outweighed uh, any issues that I had with the game. And I, I enjoyed it more and more as I played the game. So, yes, it's okay. worth it. So, let's see. I think this is a game that everybody should know, uh, not just because of, like, social commentary, but, like, gamer commentary, and that yeah, uh, story-wise, directing-wise, uh, art direction, music, and the fact that it's all by this one guy who I feel like deserves... He deserves the money. But I'm going to be real and say this suffers a little bit... This is, uh, uh, like... Like Last of Us, and maybe even a little worse because gameplay-wise, it's not very engaging. You can just watch this for free, and I feel like you get the same experience. So, in my opinion, it is not. You should, uh, I'm just gonna be real. You don't need to put your money down. I don't. I, I think he deserves the money, and I think that the writing is super smart and, and nearly genius, but. I didn't buy the game, so I'm not going to tell you to buy the game. So I'd still say you should not buy it. That's fair, but if I can interject, I think that playing the game and watching it would be two different experiences because the game forcing you to press the button to complete certain actions is totally uh, different grueling. Feeling. Grueling. Yeah. Um, but I respect your opinion. Um, I don't respect your opinion. No. <laughs> I... <laughs> no, I... Man, this game... This game is meta, um, and if you are lucky enough to not know anything about this game, even though now you've listened to this episode, and now you know probably too much, but regardless, I think I think you should buy it. I think you should buy it because it is a completely different beast actually playing through it than watching it. Although watching it, I'm sure, is just as fun, maybe. I mean, I'm sure that's why there's the people who are watching us stream it. We're still having a great time watching. But I think it's also because they got to experience it firsthand, you know, and having to just suffer through so many boss fights and just just wanting to rage quit and just wanting to cry and just but not giving up because you are just filled with so much determination. All right. You don't get that from watching this game. You don't. I'm sorry. So I think you should buy it, though. Especially because, look, it's 10 bucks. You don't got 10 bucks? I'll give you 10 bucks to buy this game. I think it's great. I think <laughs> I'll it's, take them. You don't get them. But right. um, <laughs> it's a... If, what? if I may just say that like, I value replayability. And because to me, the gameplay itself, like the game of the game is not probably not worth going back to. That's that's a big reason. Dude, this why is the also, only I game don't... I've ever played three times. And the game, the gameplay changes. Yeah, I, I wish you could all see Palazzo's face uh, on the on the call as these opinions are being spouted. He is wide eyed. His mouth is open. <laughs> <laughs> I I would like everyone to know I love Nick Benetados with all my being. I respect his opinions. However, I despise them anyway. <laughs> Because oh, now you're, you are done with the game now. Like, you're not touching it again. I know that. You don't know me. I don't. 
need to. I could go back to it, though. I love no, the game. Or John, at least. There are certain things I'm interested in exploring that I might, but it would not be an unsafe assumption to say that I'm probably done. But I'm not a good metric for that because I don't replay things, period. Right. I, yeah, that's actually fair because not everyone not everyone really cares about replayability, I guess. Amanda, would you, do you think, go back and do these, these runs? Cause now that you know exactly what happens. Just because technically I'm not even... Like, technically, I haven't gotten every single ending. And, like, now that we've talked about it a bit more, I am curious, especially also looking up a lot of the lore, there were things I missed. I think the celebration of the game is the fun part because everyone has a different experience. So if you were to watch someone else play it on YouTube or something, that's as valid as playing it again yourself. Shout out to Flowey in our on our streams in the chat. Has played the pacifist ending 20 times. Boom, bam. There you go. And That's... it's short. Like, you could totally replay it for nostalgia in, like, 10 years if you want. Yeah. Okay, that's a fair point. Yep. Who's next? Oh, okay. Um. Okay. Uh... Oh, my God. This is gonna be a episode. <laughs> <laughs> my thing is, I love games with story and narration and lore and, like, I'm like I absolutely love that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm also a big proponent where if playing the game itself isn't fun, just like learning more about the things that happen is cool. I kind of have a problem with that because like at that point, it might as well watch a cartoon. Um, kids love the game because it's easy, um, and they can <laughs> play it over and over because it's easy. And it is a really good story, but I feel like especially, and I am one of those people who really values replayability, and yes, you can play it three different times and get three different endings and talk to different people and experience different things, but after it, you are like, especially because it gets harder, and after that one point where you're just like dumb hard, you're just like, all right, cool. I played it on super easy. I played it on medium. I played it on super hard. Um, kind of done with this game. And even at $10 or $15 for PS4, it is game legend, so that makes it hard. Um, cause he does deserve your money. But I am leaning more towards a do not buy. Unless you can pick it up for free. So uh that's me then. Oh no, what's gonna happen? <laughs> I wonder how this is gonna go. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh this game will it will make you laugh. It will make you cry, I think. It, it will make you... It, it's thought-provoking. It will make you rage, certainly, based on what <laughs> I've seen from John's playthrough. But if I you thought stay I stayed de- pretty composed. <laughs> if you stay <laughs> determined and uh, fill all orifices of your body with hope and friendship, <laughs> you, you will persevere. And um, just f- based on what the game does... It is a video game legend. What it does for the gaming industry, I think, is different and cool and something everyone should experience. And the social commentary within the game is also something everyone, I think, should experience because I can't think of another game that tackles those subjects like this game does. And it's super important for a lot of people to play. And I want you to give Toby Fox all of your money, not just $10. (laughs) And for that reason, it is an absolute must buy. And donate to his Patreon, but I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) I 
I agree. Like Palazzo, like yeah, he did so much for the gaming industry, and it's very important. The evil side of me though is like I don't I don't need to play it. Yeah, like I always support the developers, and I'm like they deserve your money because they spent a lot of time on it. But at the same time, it's just like you don't deserve my money. I will say, Nick. I think. I mean, I don't know because I never watched the game before playing it. But I will say, I I have to imagine it's a very different experience to you know to watch me press a button to do something that I don't want to do to then you like you know this especially because the game addresses you so directly as a player for it to be talking to you and then you know for you to be presented with this option and then for you to have to press the key and sometimes to have to do it repeatedly for for depending on what it is um, it is it's heartbreaking sometimes especially. Um, one of one of the secrets of the thing that like I you does not exist in the neutral run, but is a big element of like the actual story once you get to the the other stuff. Particularly struck a nerve with me as an individual, and so it was yeah. Yeah, it's really cool, but I I don't need to spend ten bucks for the game to tell me I'm a piece of shit. I know that already. Like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually I'm talking to sometimes even like the ha- the happy ending too. Like I because for me the the biggest factor when I'm considering a game or really anything i guess but particularly in games is the experience uh all these factors that we talk about for me just build into what is the experience like and for me this was an experience worth having yeah and nick you've already watched it before right i feel like there's no impetus then to go and play it once you know a lot of what the game is because it is very story so i was gonna say my two top favorite games of all time bioshock and metal gear i except for metal gear 5 i i watched them first and then was so thrilled by it that i went to go buy it after so i actually had spoiled like the whole game for myself and still wanted to go out and buy it after that's fair gotcha and that those those are those cream of the crop games that i'm looking for all right but in the case of undertale (laughs) by the skin of nicholas palazzo's teeth you should buy it though. Go give all of your money to Toby Fox's Patreon. <laughs> yes. If anyone wants to see Delta Rune see the light of day, please give him money. <laughs> that yeah, is true. Very true. Delta Rune is an anagram for Undertale, if you didn't know. I did. Wow. He's so clever. How did I not see that? <laughs> what On that note. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be it for this week. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Um, thanks to everyone who hung out on stream. Uh, personally, this is me, Giancarlo, uh, speaking as an individual. It was a lot of fun uh, to hang out with people on stream uh, for this particular experience because people are so passionate about this game. Uh, so thanks to everyone who showed up. We'll talk at you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, no, he's not oh, happy. Oh, <laughs> no. Wait, I'll, I'll be I'll be more cheerful. <gasps> Goodbye. God, that was just creepy. I don't even know if I like that one. That was- <laughs> no, that was just weird. <laughs> Should I do it like papyrus? Yeah. Goodbye. This is Alpha's.